0: We are thrilled today because we have some friends visiting with us. They're coming with us up to that conference, uh, Dennis and Leanne Cry. And uh, we met Dennis and Leanne well, 100 years ago. As, as uh, I, It was at least uh, 25 or more. Um, we, we knew vaguely of them before, but we really got to know them on a trip to Israel with the group that we, we went with and uh And I remember one time in particular, uh and I don't remember whether it was before or after this this trip, but we were in a in a meeting, and uh, everyone had gotten down by their chair they're kneeling down by their by their chairs praying, and all of a sudden, these two tigers just jumped on us and they were they were praying I've never heard prayer like that before. It was just amazing, and they are very gifted in in the area of, of teaching and ministering. In the area of prayer, so we're happy to have them with us today. So uh, let's welcome—I uh, almost called you pastor, but but brother Dennis Dennis Cry—he's coming in. Uh, just take your liberty with us.
1: Glad to be here. Looking forward to this time
0: to be with all of you,
1: and knowing that God is has special ti- time really every time we gather, and what He has today for all of us. Hallelujah. And uh, so, Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you, Father, that what you want to reveal to us today, more than even what I'm saying, I thank you, Lord, that you, by the Holy Spirit, I think you can speak to every individual. And I thank you, Father, that for the wonderful love and, and mercy and grace and the truth that you bring by the Spirit. We thank you for the spirit of revelation that we're able to see and get things with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share a little bit of my, my testimony. Um, leading into where I want to minister. Um, I uh, grew up in a church where nobody met Jesus. That's a sad thing to go to church and not meet Jesus. I, I always had a love for God. but uh, seemed like, but... Uh, of course, I didn't know God. Um, and, and, of course, and, that, and Leanne and I got married and, and f- both from farm backgrounds. In the process, Leanne was born again. I got born again. We both got filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, prayer was not really part of what I did. Leanne would really pray. I'd pray a little bit. Of course, I learned a little bit about prayer. But my main heart was on souls. No one told me about Jesus, so I, on purpose, would, would go visit people and talk to them about Jesus. And, one of the, and the neighbor I grew up next to, her husband had already, of course, passed away, and I knew they didn't know God. So I went to visit her one night, on purpose, of course. And, of course, I learned to share some things, you know, how to share, you know, the message of salvation. So I start sharing with her. And my, I'm so concerned about her soul, tears are coming down my eyes. I, I never, this never happens. I'm not that, I'm so concerned for her soul. I couldn't reach her. Now what do you mean, reach her? I thought the Holy Spirit, yeah, it's who he has to work with. <laughs> so out of that, I recognize, because we go down, I go down, well, I recognize I need some help with the prayer. And let preface that with this. Leah and I would go down to the church to pray. I pray about five minutes. Leanne keeps praying. I go back in the pastor's study. And I start looking at books on evangelism. So when I left her house that night, I said, Lord, teach me how to pray. it was not out of my head. It was out of here. That set a course that changed our destiny. It was, I mean, as far as, you know, where we were. It was God's plan, and not realizing at the time that we had a call of God in our lives. And uh, so we went to Bible school, and we met, got with people that knew how to pray. And out of that, God took that prayer and used that to set up the situation so we'd be at the right people at the right time. And, and the people we were with, they knew how to move in the power of the Spirit. They knew how to move with the Lord. They knew how to, their lives were such an example, it was glory to him, not about them. And so you saw maturity and operation. So out of that, learn some things to start praying. And then, of course, growing in that and still growing in that. And uh, I think of, uh, we turn to Isaiah fifty-nine sixteen. that God says something in Isaiah said fifty nine sixteen. And God said, He saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. And therefore his own arm brought salvation for him, his own righteousness, it sustained him. You know, revelation came. It's not only that I need God; God needs me. God, we need God, but God needs us. And the plan of God has always been this way: it's man and God working together. I say, man, this man—you know, man and woman. It's you know, the Bible says, man. It's not talking male and female. So it's like man and God working together. And God says, I can't move unless man invites me in here. Because of what happened in the garden. And Adam sold out. But yet, God always has better plans than what the enemy can bring up. Hallelujah. Um, so, then I look at, uh, you can turn to Matthew fourteen twenty-three, and look at some things of Jesus, and uh, look at his prayer life, and in Matthew 14:23, you know after he dismissed the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain himself to pray. And Jesus would spend long times in prayer, but it was not, you know some of us grew up praying prayers, but more a religious activity. His kind of prayers, they did something. and really what it was, he's always praying out ahead. Among, among some things. Because he'd pray and then he'd go pick out disciples and different... Who knows all he's doing in prayer. But his prayer was so effective, even the disciples one day heard him pray and said, Oh, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And uh, so think about Jesus. He laid down his life so he could take us to the Father. So we could go boldly to the throne. Of God. He made a highway to God. So we can be God's highway. To the world. To the world. Because if we've been born again. We have somebody inside of us. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God, he would say in some ways he would say, you know, I want out. In one sense, I want to bring forth expressions through believers. I wanna, I wanna come forth in a way, if you'll let me. And, uh, so I, I started seeing that Jesus' prayer is like, there was always, everything God does has purpose. So his prayer, uh, had, had so many dynamics to it. It, it uh, had a purpose in prayer. It had, had communion, uh, with God the Father. And so he's an example of a man walking with God in the power and demonstration of the Spirit, our example. Because it's saying he laid down his divinity, uh, the Bible. He, in other words, he parked that. And so he did not move as God in the flesh. He moved as a, as a man who yielded to the Spirit and looked to the Father every day. A connection by the Spirit. And so he, he walked things out. But we came from that place of power and prayer and by the Spirit. And so he's always doing what, he said, I don't do anything unless I see what the Father says to do. What the Father says to do. What he says. So I see out of that, Jesus, he was tuned in. So, so Lord, I'm, I, I, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we can be tuned in. You know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And then I saw in an, uh, an Acts, uh, well, another, I didn't put the scripture down, but, of course, he went to Gethsemane, you know, before he was going to the cross to pray again. He had to prepare himself. I will there in a minute, get there to Peter, but he had to prepare himself, even though he had been prepared, he had to have that do it. Because this is, he could not do this in the natural. He could not lay his life down. He could not come to the cross in his ability and at all. He said, if there's any way around this. He knew it wasn't God's will around it. But he, in other words, he had to have an infusion by the Spirit. He had, to, he had to have the help from heaven. But it had to be that when he went, he could go with the purpose of heaven in the right way. Because care, what you think about this, care could try to get on him. Care of what? His disciples. They're going to get scattered. He knew he knew all things were going to happen. And uh, at the Last Supper, he's in such peace. He's in so, I mean, he was, he, he was the Prince of Peace. He stayed in peace. But, I mean, you know the temptations came to him. Uh, what are you going to do about this? Uh, you know, the, the fear, the word was trying to come. Of course, he didn't buy into it, but he had to resist those kind of things. And then we see prayer in, in Acts. And so Peter was kept in prison. And the church kind of woke up. But fervent prayer for him was persistently, or his constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. When that corporate prayer, you know, it's like, uh, church writes, we better pray or Peter's not going to make it. And so, you know, Peter, he had somehow, he, he had such peace of God when the angel came in and woke him up, it's like he wasn't for sure it was, what was going on. But their prayers got him out of that. Their prayers opened prison doors. There's no way, prison, prison doors. Well, we can all have prison doors, so to speak. But I tell you, by the by the mercy and grace of God, and there's sometimes the corporate prayer is so necessary, it's so needed. I tell you, it's kind of like this this grand this grand piano here. If I try to move that by myself, probably I can't move by myself. I mean, I had to lift it. But I get some others to help move that, help take a hold. That's what part of the corporate prayer is. I'm taking a hold of something by the help of God, by the Spirit, so we can move some things, so to speak, what God wants to move. Hallelujah. Now let's turn to, uh, I want to share some things about Moses. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 3. A familiar passage for many. Let's start in verse 1. Exodus 3.1 Moses, you know, he's out in the desert now tending his father-in-law's sheep. And pick up in verse 1 here in Exodus 3.1 And now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will will now turn aside and see this. Great sight. Why the bush does not burn. And so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, oh, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, and for he was afraid to look upon God. Here's something interesting about this. God didn't say one thing to Moses till Moses turned and God had his full attention. That says something to us, doesn't it? I wonder why sometimes God doesn't say something to us. It's not, he's not saying, we have we have not given our full, maybe given our full attention to him. And it's interesting how God did this. He had a burning bush and didn't say a word. Didn't say, hey, God, hey Moses, I'm over here. God just does things differently. How we, if I was God, I'd tell you <laughs> how I would do it. And, uh, but, so Moses had a decision to make. I can walk past this or, you know, what, what about this? I think I'll go investigate this. It's good to investigate things because we'll find out whether it's God or not. It's, it's not hurt to investigate things. And the Holy Spirit will help us in this process. Of course, he can bring a witness in this. And then, of course, he says he's a uh, tells him he's a God of father. And so Abraham, what he's saying is to them, I'm the God that always comes through. I came through for Abraham. I came through for Isaac. I came through for Jacob. I came through. just want to introduce myself, Moses, in case you're wondering, in case you're wondering, I, I can take care of things. Hallelujah. So then, we go on to verse seven, Exodus three: seven. And God says, uh, "I have surely seen the oppression of my people. Who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. God responds to cries. God's responding to a cry. God's responding to a cry. And in verse 10, he tells, excuse me, he tells Moses, Come thou, therefore, and send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So God says, uh, I'm responding to the the cry, and I need somebody to go. Moses, you're the one. And Moses starts to backpedal, and God says, uh, he starts talking to Moses, and uh, Trying to get Moses to get his eyes off his inabilities and on God's ability. Get his eyes off his inability. But we all have inabilities if we look in ourselves. And so Moses is start looking within himself. And, and God starts telling him what he's going to do. Look at turn to Exodus 4. And verse 1. And uh we're skipping some things. But uh, and then Moses answered and said, but suppose, you know, they are not going to believe me. If I go, what you say to do, you know, or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, well, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? He said, a rod. He said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Now the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it. And of course it came back as a rod. Then God starts talking to him about supernatural things and so forth in this process. And when it gets about, that, when God gets through, Moses uh, said, God, you have to find somebody else. Scripture says he got angry, or you can say it this way. God got hot. He got hot. And Moses, uh, he said, here comes your brother Aaron. He'll be your voice, because and God said you got to find somebody else. There is nobody else at this point. You're the man. And when he, when God got hot, Moses he changed his mind. Okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Because what what God is saying to Moses, I'm not only going to be with you. I will back up you. I will back you up with power of signs of supernatural. But believe in me, and knowing I'm not. I'm not just hanging along somewhere out there. I'm with you, and I'm going to back you up with demonstration. And I've given you a rod there of my authority and power, and I'll just uh, demonstrate a little bit what to do with that. Throw it down. Ta-da. And so in this process, you know, the different plagues uh, that happened with Moses that he and Aaron would do. Um, God would tell him to do what to do with that rod uh strike the ground with that rod. And this then these things would happen. Several times they say strike the ground. Then there'd be a different operation. So Moses stayed connected with God with everything in his process. Something else is going on. Moses is learning the ways of God. He's learning the ways of God. The rod was the authority of God's power represented. And also, it was was Moses and God working together. Moses and God working together. It wasn't on God's side. It wasn't just on Moses' side. It was together. God has this thing about together. (laughs) That's a good thing. It's together we do this. It's together we do this. Well, we have something now that Moses didn't have. We have somebody who lives inside of us. We have the great Holy Spirit to help us get it. To lead us and guide us. And so we can move in power and demonstration. You know. Learning. A learning. I'm glad we can learn. Hallelujah. So Moses went through all these different operations. You know, Pharaoh. You know, now I'm going to let the people go. No, I'm not. It was not just a one day, one week coming out. Well, God knew that. Sometimes there's going to be processes it's not that God's working, but he's not, he didn't get a hold of the Pharaoh, pick him down and says, You can let my people go. No. I think I'd like God to do that times. <laughs> pin him down, Lord. No, he's working, but I tell you God kept showing up of, of, through Moses and the Aaron through signs and wonders and through you know negative things that uh God was not causing it, but you know, it says Pharaoh's heart was hardened. God was not hard in his heart. You know, the sun shines and can melt wax and harden something else. So the, what God, the light was, it was Pharaoh turning from the light, hard in his heart. It wasn't God. It looks the impression that when you read this just on the surface, it looks like God is hardened his heart. No. It was Pharaoh's response to the light of God. It was Pharaoh's response to the love of God, really. God is always loving. He's not just sometimes. It was, it was his response to the goodness of God. And, and, you know, on and on. And then another thing with this, I mean, when Moses showed up with the Israelites, things got worse. So, people were not too excited that Moses showed up. What do you mean it got worse? Pharaoh said, you know, they could go find their own straw now. And and the quota does not decrease. So, it's like Moses was not welcome. And the natural. Okay. I thought God. I I thought you. I, I. I thought you sent me here. This. What kind of deal is this? The people I'm supposed to help don't even want me here. They don't want me here. But Moses kept moving forward because God's working with him. God's helping him. God's helping him. So he's learning. So here's the thing. The rod was given to Moses. Think about this. He had to use it. He had to use it. It represented, it represented all the authority of God. God saw, God saw, I mean, Moses saw God move and and demonstrate as he used that rod. And God always backed Moses up as he, and when he used the rod. God always he always backed up. He always, he was always So Moses, he's learning, he's learning. So when he would carry this rod, it was more, yeah, in the natural, oh, it's just a rod. Moses knew it was more than just a rod. And Aaron also, his rod. Aaron operated in this at times, you know, and the authority of the rod too. But Moses was the leader. He was the anointed one from heaven. That's the one, you know, and uh, God worked with, with uh, Aaron, of course. Then, like I said before, were, given, were he was given different instructions to use the rod. So he always had to check in, so to speak, with God. How do I do this? He had to check it. Well, we have the same way today. How to operate in my authority by the Spirit. I better check in. I better check in. Lord, how do I do this? So Moses stayed connected with God in every aspect of when and how to use the rod. He stayed connected on when and how to use the rod. He didn't go off on his own and think, well, I'll just do this, you know. This worked last time. Uh, Moses didn't do that. Now let's turn to Exodus fourteen fifteen. Now, of course, they've come out of Egypt. Now they're down by the Red Sea, and uh, they're in a they're in a barrier stands between them, and the Pharaoh's army is right behind them. Let's pick up here in verse fifteen. And of course, uh, the Lord said to Moses, "Why do you cry to me? You tell the truthful." Of Israel to go or people, the children of the people of Israel to go forward. Next part. Moses, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Notice that God says, I'm not dividing this Red Sea. I'm not you Either you do it or it's not get divided. It was in the power of God. Some people think, well, God's going to do it. No. So if Moses didn't divide the Red Sea, they're not going anywhere. Now, Moses, I mean, God's working with Moses. But it's like you, God didn't say, I'm divided. I'm not dividing this Red Sea. In a sense, he is. But it's like he can't do anything. Unless God, unless Moses steps out with the authority. And believes that when he does this. God can move. And God did move, but it wasn't until Moses did that. Now uh, this this statement here. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. I think that's what he's telling the church today. Church, church, and to go forward. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, but we got this barrier here. Uh, We got this going on. We got this. Psalms 77, 19. New Loving Translation says this. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. God knew it was there. No wonder Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way. I'm the truth. There's a way. There's a way. Can't see it in the natural. God didn't say we we're going to see it in the natural all the time. He didn't say that. There was, only, there, was a hidden, there was a hidden path all the time, the Red Sea. They don't know that. God knows that. It's probably a good idea that we follow God. It's probably a good idea. That we say hooked up with God. He knows where he's going and he's trying to bring us along. Hallelujah. And the mercy of God was even though the Israelites are against that Red Sea, He's got the, he's got the uh, Egyptian army separated from from Israel, they can't touch Israel. could not touch them. But that doesn't mean Israel could camp out there either. No. And of course, the Israelites is like Moses, "What are you doing?" I mean, they're ready to, you know, do Moses in. So, so Moses, God, God, and Moses, and God says, "What are you crying to me for?" It's good to pray, but Lord, you got to do something else here. You step out. And and you, you, and you divide the Red Sea. You do it. You stretch out your hand over that sea and divide it. Moses? Hey, Moses is, he's, okay. It's like, okay, I I understand what to do. And and so he did that. Remember, Moses is continuing learning the ways of God. He's learning the ways of God. He's, uh, we can say this in today's thing. Uh, as as a church, he's learning the operations of the Holy Ghost. He's learning how to flow with the Holy Spirit. He's learning how the Spirit moves and doesn't move. He's learning how the Spirit moves with him. He's learning how how he engages with God and God with him. Hallelujah. Next verse is Exodus seventeen six. They get past the Red Sea. Oh, we got past that. Oh, we got through that. And then they got there in the they're out there in the desert, and and he said this, Behold, I'll stand before you there, on the rock in Harem, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. What it was, it came out there in the desert, they're out of water. The life, they have no water to drink for the livestock themselves. I mean, it's life and death. And they start complaining to, to, uh, To Moses, it's really a complaint against God, but Moses is the one that represents God, so they're going after him. And so, God tells him what to do. Well, the rod, strike the rock, strike the rock. Moses did. Water doesn't come out of a rock. What are you talking about? Moses did not get in the reasoning realm. Moses did not get in his thinking, well that's, why, why would I do that? I mean, strike the, strike the, I mean, there's no water in the rock. Uh, but Moses knew, he, he just did it. He was coming to that place, He trusted God. He could walk in obedience of God because it, he, uh, to me, Moses did not go to his mind. He did not go to his reasonings. I wonder, I, no, he didn't. He, he's past that point now. Okay, so I'll do. Come out, come out of it. That the people may drink. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I thank you. When we get into places, we don't have a clue. But with your help, we know what to do. With your help by the Holy Spirit, we know what to do. Proverbs, you know, 3 says, you know, remember it says, Or it says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In other words, lean not to your reasonings. Don't lean into the natural things. If you do natural things, don't lean there. Now, the next part we get to Exodus. We got past the water. The Amalek show up. Exodus, we'll start in Exodus 17.8. I'm going to get there myself. I've got notes here, but I need to get to that. Because sometimes I have different translations. I have to save, you know. It didn't seem like Moses had many breaks. From opposition, something was always showing up called the enemy. What else does it? Do? So Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Yeah. And Moses said to Joshua, this is the first time Joshua is mentioned, he said, "Choose us some men." And go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow. I will stand. On the top of the hill. With the rod of God. With the rod of God. With the rod of God in my hand. And so Joshua. Did as Moses. Said to him. And fought with Amalek. And Moses. Moses. And Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand, held up that rod, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone. And put it under him. And he sat down on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands. They didn't touch the rod. They supported his hands. One on one side and one on the other side. And his hands were going down. I mean, I'm sorry, his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Now, think about this. Amalek, Moses says what he's gonna do. I noticed God didn't say one word to him this time. God didn't say anything to him. He, all of a sudden, he had revelation, he knew what to do. He said, I'm gonna take that rod of God, I'm going up on the hill tomorrow, and we're gonna do something natural. Joshua, you gather some men here. Amalek was a fierce, warring group. They were, Israelites were no match for them. In, the natural. In fact, I believe it was a, I think it was a, a plan from the enemy to take out the whole, take take him out. Take him out. Because the enemy recognized that God's, what was going to come forth through the, was, you know, Jesus eventually. So Satan kind of knows it. So he's constantly, uh, he's got to destroy them. And, uh, so Moses knew. Here's the interesting about this rod. Every time before, strike the ground. Okay, this is how the rod. Hey hold okay, held up, okay, that's good. Oh, different this time. this is the only the other time he never this time he had to say engage with the rod. He had to keep it engaged with the rod. engage is a different a different operation, a different operation of God. and then you know sometimes it's been used, which is true. Aaron and her, the ministry helps. There's a truth that's good, but it's bigger than that. What I mean by that is, the real warfare was in the spirit. It's manifest in the natural. So, and, and Moses, he, he understood that. When he held this up, he's, he's holding up the authority of God, the, uh, everything with that. And the angels in the spirit are involved. It didn't say he came off the mountain with the rod. It didn't say he dropped the rod. When he just let the rod down a little bit, he could see... We're getting beat, and so this is not a process. This is a long process. Sometimes we must understand in the church today. There's things we must stay engaged with for longer times. We must stay engaged, and so it's that help it comes from the Spirit. It comes from the Holy Spirit. But I got to be willing to stay engaged, and that's another thing about this. We need natural things. We need natural help. We need that. Ministries need natural help. They need all that. It's not discounting any of that. It's everything. It's it's a natural help support. And they Aaron and her recognized. You know what? We got to hold him up. Got... Aaron had used the rod too as a as authority. He did not touch Moses' authority. He other is the authority that got... They held up his arms. They didn't touch that. They, they, that was not their place. They, they understand that. They know that. They held up this because it's Moses in his place of authority. It's, we all have our places. And recognizing, okay, who, ha, who has this? Okay. Moses had that. Mo, God's working with Moses. He's working with everybody, but it's Moses that's in position. It's Moses that's holding this up. Glory to God. And because of that, they won. They won. They won. Joshua, I tell you, he was a man after God, too, as you follow him later on. And so for, for Moses, I mean, for Joshua to go out there, it's like uh, he, he showed up. What do you mean? Hey, I could get killed out there. No, Moses, he went. I mean, Joseph, Joshua went. And he, he just understood God's going to help us. He didn't say that, but you just know from Joshua's life that when he and Moses recognized leadership's on Joshua. Joshua, you gather some cement. In other words, say General Joshua, General Joshua. He had leadership. Uh, Joshua was just not doing things in a natural, too. I know he's reaching out to God, but it all depended upon prayers, prayers and authority. Prayers, prayers and authority. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm -hmm. You know, 1713, it says, And so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Well, if you just read that verse, you would think, "Oh, Joshua did this," and his. And his well, it was both. It was in the natural. Somebody had, we had to show up in the natural. Then also, behind all that is the power and the God helping us. You know, God can make us look so good, <laughs> he can look so wonderful. <laughs> but it's God. Hallelujah! What a great victory! And then, verse fourteen. It says, and then the Lord said to Moses, Write this, hey, write it down, for a memorial in the book, and recount it. And recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I utterly brought out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And then verse 15. And Moses built an altar there. And called his name. The Lord is my banner. God revealed him in a new way. A new way. They say. God's my victory. God's behind me. In everything I do. God's behind me. He's my. Th- thanks. To, sounds like Bible. Like New Testament. Thanks be unto God. Always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Always causes us. Hallelujah. Yes. Right now. There's people. That are carrying the plan and purpose of God. But they need the prayers of the church. Philippians 1.19 says this. Amplified. Paul is saying this. For I'm well assured and indeed know that through your prayers and a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, this will turn out... For my preservation, for the spiritual health and welfare of my soul, and avail towards the saving work of the gospel, what is Paul saying? Is I need your prayers. I need your help. I know how to. He knows how to pray. People need our prayers because what they're carrying is they need help. One last scripture, and I'm done. I want to go to Second uh, Samuel. Talk about one of the mighty men of God. Hallelujah. 1 Samuel 23.11. I think I speak to this big time as a church today. 2 Samuel 23.11. And after him was Shama, the son of Agi the Herod. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. And so the people fled from the Philistines. And that's not, that's not it. And, uh, but he said he stood. Shammah, he said he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it, and he slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. So why was David's men mighty men of God? Because what was on David got on them. David, when he defeated Goliath, he went in the power of God. And so out of that, that got on these mighty men. So everybody's running. And the Shaman says, hey, I'm not running. I'm not letting the enemy take this terror. I'm not letting him have this. Uh, he's outnumbered. I don't care. I'm not running. I'm not running. I'm not giving into fear. And God says, good. Good. And God helped him wrought a great victory. You cannot do it. Mighty men. But we're all mighty men and women of God if we yield to him yield to him, glory to God, because the greater one lives within us. And so we thank you, Father, that, Lord, you're helping us and showing us how to operate in authority. How to take our rod. How to take our rod and operate in today with you. So we thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the light that you bring. Thank you, Father, for revelation. Thank you, Father, glory to God, that we as a church wake up, rise up, and take our place with your help. So, I thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're so merciful and so gracious to help us in your helping us, being in a rightful place in these end times. And we give glory to you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.